can't judge a person and it turns out you didn't have the whole story? Ever learn there was a lot more to that story than you first realized? I'm Kimberly. And I'm Rebecca. Join us as we separate the little lies from the big reputations. Welcome back to the pod, everyone. Welcome back. Yes. Today we're going to be talking about women and what they wear, but... uh. Let's talk about what we're wearing first. (laughs) What are you wearing? I'm wearing a t-shirt by Hija de tu Madre. Oh. Yes. Actually, they could be our sponsor. I'd love that. (laughs) The shirt says, Yo hago lo que me da la gana, which translates more or less to I do what I want. Oh, I like that. I definitely looked at it and thought it said iguana and was like, what? But... (laughs) I don't read Spanish. It's one of the only shirts from this company that I feel like I, as a white woman, can wear without it being appropriation. They had, like, shirts that said Bruja and stuff, right? Yeah, and Hefa and, like, all these great things, but that don't seem right for me to wear. But this one, I thought, you know, any Spanish speaker could get away with this. I have a shirt that says, uh, the future is female, but in Spanish. And I do like that, because I think the future is... Like Hispanic women. It should be. It. Yeah. But what I'm wearing, I'm wearing my holy shit, it's almost fall outfit. Which, <laughs> which is, is so funny because like Monday it was like 90 degrees and we were dying and sweating. <laughs> but listen, people started drinking pumpkin spices. No, goodbye. And it's moving the temperature along. Okay. So now it's a little bit chilly. Actually, I should be more accepting of pumpkin spices episodes coming out in October. Yes. I love pumpkin spice, but I don't like... Dunkin' Donuts, pumpkin spice. I Thanks will for take... sponsoring Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> <laughs> I will accept like the Starbucks one, but like I don't. I go to like local coffee shops, yes, and they do stuff where they're. It's I think it's just literally like pumpkin spice, and they're like, boom, we but, put like, some pumpkin, pumpkin spice in almond milk. Is just like cinnamon nutmeg. nutmeg. Yeah, like, I like the idea of that, and I like the taste of it. But like Dunkin' Donuts is like way too sweet. Starbucks is, like, on the sweet-ish side, but I do have a shirt that says uh, Pumpkin Spice Vibes. All right. I wore it apple picking last year because I'm basic. <laughs> I am a when it, well, Like, when it comes to fall shit, I, I love fall so much. So my outfit right now is, like, jeans, little ripped in the leg. I have a maroon – not maroon. I don't even know what color this is. It's, like, pumpkin-ish. Like a well, little what cardigan. Color your pumpkin is. It looks like cinnamon colored. It's cinnamon. To me. It's a pumpkin spice color. It's pumpkin spice colored. Well, it looks like the pumpkin spice syrup from it Starbucks. Does. So it's that, and it's like a little white shirt underneath that, and it's like my favorite combination of outfit is like jeans, shirt, and then like a little silky cardigan on top in case nice. I get chilly. Yeah, this is what I'm gonna wear every day in fall or sweatshirts that say funny things on them. I don't mind fall. I'm more of a spring person, but. I, oh, yeah. I don't want my fault. I am. I'm still wearing shorts because it's hot in my house. Yeah. <laughs> but wish I would have known it was going to be this hot. I would have worn shorts. Listen, I had the air conditioner on until we were recording. But like, what can I do? I, we can't record with the AC on. We need like It'd a be fan. Bad. Someone sponsor us if we can get one of those Dyson silent fans. fans. Yeah. <laughs> How much are those? More than we have. <laughs> Someone gift us this. Anyone. I- it's hot. I love it. Actually, it'll be winter soon. We'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll be fine. And by that point, I'll just be too cold. I, I don't regulate very well. I'm either too hot or too cold. Always. Same. Same. Do you have 
iron deficiency, I have an iron deficiency. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I eat foods with enough iron. I take a multivitamin, but other times not so much. Sometimes I forget and I get real dizzy. So that's my oh, life. Yeah, I do get dizzy sometimes. But anyway, that's <laughs> that's something else. Welcome to iron deficiency talk. <laughs> Forget about what she wears. It's all about iron deficiency. No, but in this episode, we are um, we're going to be talking about what women wear. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this in reverse, so no. In this episode, we're going to be talking about what women wear and why they wear it, including how we've been judged for what we wear and how and why we've judged others. This will be followed by what the media has been saying about women, clothing, and a number of topics. Then we're going to dip into some of the societal reasons behind this issue of judging women and what they wear. Finally, we're going to address the impact that these judgments have on women. All right, so let's start out with our own experiences when it comes to being judged for what we wear. And I think being judged for what we wear ties into a lot more than just the clothes that we choose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the way my body is set up is I've always had bigger boobs, like C-cups when I was in the sixth grade. And I noticed that when I wore the same thing as other students, I was told to modify my outfit. Like I couldn't have the top button open on my shirt when others could. And I went to Catholic school my whole life. So all the Catholic school girls like rolled their skirt up. But like when I did it, it was like sexy and unladylike. I have a big butt. So like it took a couple of more rolls to like get even on all the sides. Mm. So I always had to like change my outfit. So then I just started wearing pants. Like, what are you in not senior, junior, junior of high school? I was just like, F this pants. I'm just going to wear these pants so you guys can deal with it because I don't want to have this conversation anymore about my skirt. But it just felt, it felt really wrong and crappy because it was, it felt like people were telling me I was doing the wrong thing and it was just because of my body. You can't help the way that you're built. Yeah. And if a school is going to mandate a uniform, that uniform should be something that works for multiple Everybody. types of bodies. Yeah. yeah. So in Jessica Simpson's autobiography, she speaks about very similar things. Uh, so she wrote her autobiography in 2020. So there's a quote from it that says, I was even judged by the church growing up, singing on stage. I had to wear blazers and vests and turtlenecks just because if I wore regular shirts like all the rest of the girls, I mean, when I would sing, I would feel the Holy Spirit and get chill bumps, and apparently people would lust, so I had to cover up. Yes, because other people had issues. Yeah. You had to police your body. And, like, when she's talking about this, she's, like, 12. And, like, again, she was bigger-breasted girl. Like, she was a busty kid, and, like, she had to do all these things because people would be like, oh, it's improper. Mm-hmm. You're in church. But she's singing... For the church choir. She's here for you and God, not for your lusty actions. Yeah, and, and like, she's even saying here that, like, she's feeling the Holy Spirit. Mm. They're the ones feeling whatever yeah. issues they're feeling. Yeah. People are just gross. What, okay, so Jessica Simpson, you're saying she had bigger boobs, but she's not, like, she wasn't a big girl otherwise, right? No. Like, she was just, like, a curvy girl, but she did have big boobs. Mm-hmm. I think she still, she still does. Sure. I yeah. mean, whatever. You're built how you're built. Mm-hmm. But I imagine that, you know, as a plus-size woman, that it can feel a little bit, like, there's more to that judgment than just the sexualization, no? Oh, yeah, definitely. As a plus-size woman, I feel like there's not much middle ground for clothing. Like, I'm either 90% covered up or... I'm naked, but really all I want is sleeves. Like, 
I don't wear sleeveless. I just want sleeves all the time. I'm so the opposite. I'm like, I don't want sleeves because I'm going to sweat through whatever it is. <laughs> no, I'm so, if I sweat, whatever, I'm more comfortable with sleeves. Like I'm, I'm not like embarrassed by my arms because they are what they are, but like I have bigger arms and like, I just don't like them swinging freely to hit little children. You know, like I like my arms where they are. Um, so I always want sleeves. So most of the clothing options for me or people my size are either super conservative or super risque. I remember buying a bunch of like sundresses and I'll put that in quotes because the sundresses that I got like hit mid-calf. And I wore one to work and a coworker was like, oh, you're such a church girl. What? Yeah. And I was just like, this is supposed to be like a sexy dress. Like, how am I a church girl? But it just looks so conservative on me that he just like assumed I was like a churchy church girl. See, if I think of sundresses, I think they're more revealing than anything. But not when you have a plus size body. The ones that you can buy are automatically going to be more conservative or it would have been backless. It would have been low in the front. It would have been, you know, just at butt level. Like there's no real in between. Like it's getting better now, but this was like a couple of years ago. Yeah. So I feel like a person's choice of clothing is like a big first impression. Dressing conservatively gave people an impression about me that wasn't necessarily true. When I would exhibit behavior that didn't match my wardrobe or what people thought of me, they just, it became an issue. They thought that I was misleading them. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, that you have an affiliation that you make between a certain clothing and a person's attitude, like, yeah. or behavior. Like, the problem is with you. Not not you, but with Not them. me at all. With them. Absolutely. Yeah. People don't think that way, and you know it. I know. But still. I would be the one who was judged for misleading people because I wasn't such a quote-unquote good girl. Meanwhile, I never said I was. This happened a lot in high school. So I didn't dress sexy or wear heels or lots of makeup. So I was a goody goody. But meanwhile, I was smoking in the bathroom and leaving campus early. No way. Yes, oh, I definitely no. was that person. And then when people would find out, they'd be like, oh, my gosh. I'm I didn't scandalized. Know. But I'm scandalized just because I was such a prude more than anything else. <laughs> did you did you dress like a prude? I probably dress like a boy. Mm. Well, I'll get into that when yeah. it's when I, when I share my story. Yes. This is about me. <laughs> You're the one who asked the question. <laughs> I'm interested in things. All right. So that was high school. But then when I got to college, I was like, all right, let's flip this. Let's dress a little bit sexier. But then I got judged for showing things off or leaving nothing to the imagination. But again, I have big boobs. So like any shirt that I wear, unless it's like a potato sack, like it's going to look, it's going to look like I'm showing off my boobs. But I was wearing the same things, if not more than my peers, but my body was larger, so it stood out more, and I got all the judgment. A better example of this is what happens literally almost weekly to Lizzo. Yeah. Yeah. So she's been told to tone it down by the same people who would praise other female performers for wearing the same thing. But, like, why is it okay for Nicki Minaj to post an Instagram photo with her thong and leather heels bent over a sofa, but when Lizzo posts the same picture, it gets nothing but hate? And those are actual Instagram posts that you can look for. Yeah, I like to think that we have made progress in this area, but there's still enough hate. That Honestly, you get one hateful comment, it's going to stand out over any of the True. positive ones. Yeah. But I, I don't think there's only one hateful comment. No. There's plenty. And I feel like with Instagram it's, uh, or any kind of social media, you can just 
you say mean things because no one can see you. You know, you just double down. You're trying to get likes from other people because you can like people's comments. So the funnier comments are going to get likes. So you're going to think of like the meanest, funniest thing you can say. Mm -hmm. And then you get validation from it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's about visibility. Like we're not used to seeing bigger bodies in sexy situations. So this makes people uncomfortable and uncomfortable people tend to lash out. Ugh. It's so true, though. So true. So bitch magazine writer Yvette Dion might have put it best when she wrote that wrote about the scrutiny surrounding Lizzo seems to stem from the fact that she dares to transgress whatever box fat people are supposed to be confined in. Professional cheerleaders are typically half-dressed and performing dance routines at, at professional sporting events, Dion continued. It has never been the cause for national panic, but we see Lizzo's outfit and behavior as indecent because of the body she exists in. There's so much truth to that, though. Like, the tinier the body, the less clothing mm -hmm. is required, almost. Yeah, but, I mean, I think that's interesting what you say about this sort of extreme of you're either super sexy slut or mm -hmm. you're, like, a nun. Uber conservative nun. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, where's that in between? I mean, I like to think you do a good job of hitting that in between. It's I, not when I see easy. you, <laughs> I'm not saying it is, but yeah. I think like when I see you, I mean, I'm like, wow, she looks good. Like, I don't Thank think you. she looks slutty or she looks like a nun. That my, mm. my brain doesn't go there. But yeah. I think it's taken probably this amount of time in your life to be able to find things that work yeah. with your body. Mm -hmm. And, Sort of this gravitating towards a, at least a little bit more body positivity for larger bodies yeah. has helped, but we're things, not there. Yeah, no, definitely not. Like, things are opening up. There are more options. But, like, quick fashion, there's not a ton of options still. Did you hear about, like, Old Navy, how they are moving around their plus size? No. So, Old Navy used to just have like their plus size in one certain section or just online. But now they're including from zero to size 28 in stores. Good. And it's not going to be sectioned off like this is the plus size section. Like it's all going to be together and the prices will be the same. I That's used to key. have. Yes, because I used to have such problems with Old Navy. Like I found a pair of jeans that I liked on their website and they were having like $15 jeans for everyone. And I was like, awesome. Let me buy these. They're $42. And I'm like, hey, I thought jeans were like 15 bucks. What's going on? So I'm like reaching out on the chat. Nobody's on the chat. So I call. And the woman's like, yeah, all the jeans are $15. Like, do you want to place an order? And I was like, yeah. And I give her like the SKU number for my size jeans. And she's like, oh, these are women's plus jeans. And I was like, they're still jeans though, right? And then she's like, yeah. And I'm like, so what's the difference? And she had to put me on hold. I'm glad she did and didn't just try and like come up with some answer that she was yeah. making up. But like the fact that she didn't have an answer mm -hmm. she had in no the first answer. place. Yeah. She had no answer for why I would be paying more because they were plus size. Why well, I wasn't getting the discount, but everyone, baby's jeans were on sale. Like everyone's jeans were on sale. Right. So she's like, well, I spoke to my supervisor and I can do like an override. And I was just like, okay, cool. Thanks. Do that override. But like. <laughs> what the fuck, man? I just want to buy like a pair of pants. Like it shouldn't have been that hard at all. Yeah. And them opening up their plus size into stores should not be this big of a deal. Like I read it like in a couple of places, people sent me the articles. It shouldn't be this big of a deal, but 
it is because like no one's doing that you know it is, so it is a step that we haven't yes. seen and um it's a step I'm glad that, to see it but yeah. it's it's a long time coming like it it's 2021 here folks. yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know for me my body was very different when i was young i was small yet tall mm-hmm. like i've been five nine probably since i was like 13 or 14 oh. i'm super tall and i weighed like nothing as a as a kid like i i was always in like the 90th 96th percentile of height and then like the fifth percentile for weight when i was young now i feel much more comfortable in my body Mm. but i didn't then and it's interesting because i'm you know in a very different position than what you're describing in your high school experiences but i still wasn't comfortable finding clothing Mm -hmm. i didn't feel right in any of it like there was even one point where my mom thought I had an eating disorder because I was so thin no. compared to, like, the, I don't know, everyone around me. But, like, I couldn't help it. I used to eat so much. When it came to clothing, I didn't like feminine clothing. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think it stemmed from an, a negative association that I had with being a woman, right? This idea that women were weaker or less than. And so anything that was, like, girly... I tried to avoid. Yeah. Yeah, It was bad. It was like, and, and that it would sexualize me. Yeah. And I didn't want that. Like, I just wanted to be left alone Mm -hmm. kind of thing. But it's this weird thing where like, honestly, clothing that would have fit me better probably would have made me look less scrawny, but I used to wear like really baggy clothing to like hide how that was the thing that we all thought. Like, if I wear a baggy shirt, it'll hide my body. And it's like, no, it makes you look. It draws attention. It draws attention. It either makes you look bigger or, in your case, it made you look smaller, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely did. Uh, But, you know, it was also, for me, it was the Mm mid-90s. Like, baggy was the style. Yeah. And I... I was comfortable with that a lot. You know, I love that the the jeans that are coming back are all, like, wide leg, straight leg. Like, I love that. But they are wearing higher-waisted clothes than we did in the 90s. We always wore stuff on our hips back then. Mm Mm-hmm. But I used to buy, like, boys' jeans because, well, you know, pockets. 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 Um, I wore flannel shirts unbuttoned over, like, T-shirts. And it was my go-to uniform. I had work boots. It was, like, not that I in any way was like this kind of person, but I wanted to have that sort of grungy look. I was about to say, I was like, and then you went to Seattle, and then you started a band, and now you drink coffee all day. Yeah. Yeah. I did definitely did none of those things. <laughs> But yeah, you know, this look, my size, like being very flat chested, Mm -hmm. you know, it took me until I was like 35 before I had C cup boobs. (laughs) Like I was very small chested and it had me labeled as a lesbian when I was in high school, which, you know, like it was the nineties and how dare, like who could like scandal if you're being called the lesbian now it's like Like, whatever like lilith fair and like oh my god i wanted to go to that shit so bad (laughs) i did too and my mom was like aren't there just a bunch of lesbians there and i was like i don't know mom natalie merchant is there take me natalie and brulia yes but honestly like even at my 20th high school reunion apparently this image that i unintentionally put forth with my clothing and Mm -hmm. and my style style lack of style (laughs) Some guy, and he happened to be a gay guy, like one of those guys that even though in the 90s we didn't openly say 
that he was gay everybody mm-hmm. knew yeah i was talking to him about something and my husband came up in the conversation he's like your husband but you're a lesbian and i was like I, I am oh thank you for telling me my sexuality like there's absolutely nothing wrong with it if i were no but it's just kind of weird to assume right and based, based on hair and clothing like yeah. that's not right to assume that yeah i i've had short hair in high school girls with short hair in right? high school uh, in the 90s definitely a lesbian i just hate that people use clothes as a way to determine someone's sexuality yeah it makes literally no sense and i will say that i think you know, kids today are doing a much better job with this in terms mm-hmm. of of looking at the fluidity of sexuality oh, in general. There's a lot of genderless clothing happening. Yeah, and and there's less judgment for you choosing clothing and and associating that with the sexuality, I think. I mean, mm-hmm. at least from what I've been exposed to. Obviously, we're in New York. Maybe it's a little different yeah. in other parts of the country and other I parts forget, of the world. I forget about our, our little... Uh, we do liberal, have a bubble. I liber- liberal bubble, bubble all the time. <laughs> so I definitely saw a dude wearing like nail polish and like a skirt, and was like, "That skirt's fucking fantastic." And, and his legs probably looked like bomb. Like I would have been no. all for it. No, he had like definitely like very hairy legs, which I was like, "That's an awesome contrast to that very pretty skirt." I'm into it. Okay, so yeah, yeah. even if it's not like. I think your skirt style was functional because it, it was hot. And um, that's so smart, too. Like, functional clothing is like a thing. Right? When I worked in the cafe at Barnes & Noble, I always wore a skirt from, like, May until October. I would wear a skirt because it was just so hot in there. Mm-hmm. And we're not allowed to wear shorts. Yeah. And I was constantly trying to encourage the guys who worked there to wear skirts, too. I'm <laughs> like, if you're hot, yeah. wear a skirt. There's nothing in the dress code that says that you can't because exactly. they can't gender dress codes mm-hmm. now. That That's definitely a lawsuit waiting to happen. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, like I said, I hate people using clothes as a way to determine someone's sexuality. So I hate that as well. Um, I have friends who have kids now, and it's nuts to me that kids' clothing is so gendered. So one of them has a daughter, and they buy her boy shorts because the boy shorts are longer. For babies? For babies. So I, because I was like, how much longer could they be? Because like the boy shorts come right under the knee. Baby girl shorts hit like mid-thigh. So they're already sexualizing these clothes from before the kids can even process what this means. Because it's not about function. Because if, like, little kids are running around and falling, wouldn't it make more sense for them to have shorts that come past their knees than than hit mid-thigh and have ruffles on the butt? Like, why do we need... Like, I guess it's, like, cute... But, like, what else are we saying? If those short, little, cute shorts also existed for boys and you had the option of shorter or long for anyone... Nope, that's just a girl thing. For sure, that's just a girl thing. It just... The constant need to look feminine is so ingrained into our society that it's it's sad. But it's really worse that it starts at such a young age. Yeah, like I said, before they even know... (laughs) Before they even know what hits them. They're, like, little kids wearing booty shorts, which is actually... I'd rather have a little kid wear it than, like, an adult. That's, like, my one thing that I will judge other people on. But it's not – it's weird to say because it's, like, I don't like booty shorts. I'm going to judge you if I can see your ass cheeks. But I don't think you're a slut. I think you're an unclean person and I'm worried about your pH balance. Like, if you're sitting on a New York City subway bench seat anywhere in New York City – with your bare ass out, it's wild to me. <laughs> wild. Like, I get it. Like, it, it's not my ass cheeks, it's yours, so I shouldn't be worried about them. But, like, 
it brings up like a lack of common sense for me. Yeah. Like yeah, it's, it's it's dirty out here. And like your cheeks are out. Like if you're in California and you go from your car to like standing in a mall, fine. But like New York City MTA seats, which they like don't clean. Yeah. They don't. They didn't clean them during the pandemic. They clean the poles and the floor. And that's it. And, and you would that, know. You've got an inside scoop. I got an inside scoop. My fiance is a train operator. So like he was telling me, he's like, yeah, at the end of the line, they just do the poles. And that was only during the pandemic. So like all the other times they weren't cleaning. Yeah. So also, next time you put like your ass cheeks on the seat, think about who else was there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I, I honestly totally have to agree with you that on that unclean bit, right? Not that long ago. And I think I texted you this, but I didn't take a picture because I didn't want to be that much of a creep. <laughs> but I saw a woman in a bikini on the train. Ooh. And she got on the train and I was like, oh, that's an interesting choice. Yeah. And she was standing up at a pole and I was like, okay, okay. whatever. But then she sat down. No, 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 no. No, she sat down. No. Like, I've seen those seats and girl, oh. you do not want to sit there. Mm-mm. You don't. Oh. Was she going to the beach? I don't remember what train direction, what train I was on, what direction it was going. I don't remember. See, that's also like a thing for me that I'm low-key judging somebody for is like when you're wearing something like super sexy and a not sexy place. Like when women get dressed up to go out at night, but it's 1 p.m. in a Whole Foods and like you're in like a strapless number. Like, I wonder, like, what is the goal here? Like, is there a goal? Like, I'm going to mind my business about it. But, like, I'm always just like, hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I say go for it. You know, whatever you want to wear, whenever you want to wear it, go for it. But one of the things I worry about is women being harassed for what they wear. Right? Because if you're wearing that that nighttime dress up, Mm. go out club stuff to the bodega or the Whole Foods (laughs) or whatever, you know. I'm worried about you being harassed for what you wear, right? We haven't really moved past this idea of blaming the rape victim for what she's Mm -hmm. wearing. That's still a stigma that exists in our society. And so I worry about that. I mean, when I think about what I've mostly judged women for in recent years, and again, I'm trying to get better at this. I Mm -hmm. really am. But it's when people wear tights as pants. Ooh, those are fun. Because, like, tights and leggings are not the same thing. And sometimes I wonder if they realize that I can see the print of their underwear through their pants, their so-called pants. I feel pants. like they must. They must. Like, someone in their life has been like, hey, I can see the, the stars and stripes of your underwear and if they, through your And if leggings. that's what they want, then, like, like, like you were saying before, who am I to judge on yeah, this? Yeah, like, like I it's not my business. Be. But to me, it's a concern of, do they know this is happening and might yeah. they be targeted for it, right? I do feel, I've been catcalled wearing like sweats though. So I feel like. That's true. If someone, if there's a dude who's going to catcall, he's not going to be like, oh wait, you're wearing a prom dress. Let me be respectful and not catcall you. You know, like <laughs> you're going to get catcalled. But I get it. Like I just, I, I don't want someone to have some kind of bullshit excuse to be like, oh, yeah, she got raped. She was wearing a bikini on the train. She should have known. Like, that's bullshitty. That is Like, that's that is not okay. Yeah. Like, you can't use that as an excuse for why something happened to somebody. Like, I, I just, I don't know. And, I, I mean, honestly, any of the judgments that I still make in my head, I'm really trying to move past it. But as Except you mentioned. <laughs> Except for the shorts. 
and again, if I see someone on the street with them, like whatever, right? Yeah. I, I, it, like you said, it's it's more the issue of them sitting on the train, but it it literally, I don't think I've ever. It's usually on the train when I'm just like, ooh, here, no. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't go on the train that often anymore. So, well, I mean, Save so much of summer. our judgments are ingrained in us, whether we try to shake them or not. True, they're ingrained in us from an early age. I mean, your example of the shorts for babies is already. Yeah. How society is putting this on us at an early age. Women wear short shorts, even at three months. Oh. Yeah, you know, I mean, I like to think that it's not our first thought that defines us, though, but our second. Hmm. So in other words, like, what society has trained us to think is our first thought. Judge. Yeah. Oh. But what our second thought is, and and I try to make it about how what people choose to wear shouldn't matter to me. Mm-hmm because it doesn't hurt me in any way. Like, that's what matters. So society is telling me one thing. That's my snap judgment. But if I take the time to know, wait, reflect, and come up with something else, then that's really who I am or who I want to be. I really like that because my first judgment is always, ooh, are you sure? And my second judgment is, oh, but that's not my business. <laughs> right. And, always. And yeah, that's the way it should be. Okay, so obviously these thoughts come from somewhere. There's, there's... Patriarchy. (laughs) Okay, I mean, (laughs) let's get to it. Yes, but society and patriarchy absolutely do play a role in this. And the media, especially in the United States, Mm -hmm. and I, I mean, a good chunk of the world is a very patriarchal system. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about some of the the ways in which media plays a role in how we, as women, end up judging each other for what we wear. Have you seen the show Shrill? I have not. What's it on? Hulu. Okay. All right. So Shrill stars A.D. Bryant, who you might know from Zyre Night Live. Yes. Long brown hair, chubby. Glasses sometimes? No. 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 Okay. No. But she's awesome. Um, So the show is about a writer who's struggling with... Work issues, body issues, boyfriend issues, like, it's very relatable stuff. It's great. You should totally check it out. I think it might be in season three. Okay. I've only watched one because I need to wait for things to be over, but we've talked about this. (laughs) So I watched all of season one. I, like, binged it. And then the first thing I did was, like, Google where did she get her clothes because it's such, like, a fashion-driven show. Okay. And I found an article with the um, costume designer – and basically, she's like, you won't find these in stores because I made them because I had to. Oh. In the article written by Taylor Bryant for Nylon, the costume designer, Amanda Needham, sounds defeated as fuck. Like <laughs> Taylor Bryant writes, she reached out to every single kind of brand and was met with the same response. It was a blanket statement of, unfortunately, right now, we really don't have anything for you, Needham said. The truth is, I kind of gave up. Really, really early in the prepping stages of things, I would get nowhere. I got no great finds, no great styles. The fabric was really cheap, and I didn't realize how bad it was, to be honest with you. So this is just her impression of plus-size fashion. Like, everything that she was picking was terrible. And I don't any plus-size girls out there, if you bought a skirt that was just nylon, like 100% nylon, it feels terrible, it's hot, it's gross. Yeah. And I feel like we get a lot of scraps in the plus size community well, with our clothing. 
And when it comes to Hollywood, I don't think you need to be plus size. Like I True. recently listened to Mindy Kaling's book, Is Everyone Hanging Out Without Me? Ooh, I like I mean, it's, it's like 10 years old, but mm-hmm. still there's a lot of good stuff in there. And in it, she talks about going to a photo shoot where they had only pulled size zero dresses for her to wear. Like she's literally only a size eight. That is not plus size, right? That's very average or even below average. I think average is 10 or 12. I thought average was 14, 16. It might even be 14, 16. I think think that might be the average. But yeah, like... But eight is definitely on the lower end of things. You would think they would have racks and racks of things for her to wear. Size eight. They literally only pulled size zero. And it was like they were shaming her for just having curves. She wasn't even a big girl. She's got like a butt and some boobs, like... And and they were trying to be like, oh, well, we've got this one thing. And basically, she described it, like you said, a potato sack. Yeah. And do you like this sack that I put jewels on? Please <laughs> wear it. She stood up for herself in this case. Good. And she's like, well, this is what I want to wear. So you're going to have to make it work. And they ended up having to cut it open and, and sew in like some burlap or whatever to the back of it. But it was a front photo shoot. So it didn't matter if you could see the back or not. And they had to rip apart this dress because they couldn't be bothered to bring something that would fit for someone they knew. It wasn't a surprise exactly. photo shoot. Like, didn't they, didn't they have people who were like, hey, what's her style? What would she be into? Let's no. pull some things. Like, I almost feel like someone should be fired in that situation. But also, like, thank God she's such a strong person and can, like, laugh about that. Because yeah. I think I would have had to go home. If they were like, we have this, we can sew you into it, fatty. And she's not even fat. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it would just, it would feel so shitty to have to have somebody do a total rehaul of a dress just so I could wear it. And it doesn't even close in the back. Yeah. But I mean, like I said, that just reminds me of this, this example that you're talking about with AD Bryant's show, you know, I mean. So like if a lead of a TV show and like a writer aren't able to find outfits, what, what, what are the rest of us supposed to do? (laughs) So, I mean, I like I said, I was very small as a teenager. I'm very average, probably even below average. I don't know. I don't really pay attention. But, like, I wouldn't – I don't fit into a size zero. Yeah, like, I really wonder the, who that was for. Into a, I fit into a size zero when I was, like, zero. 10. I was 10. <laughs> I was 10. But, like, yeah, because I was so tall, I couldn't necessarily buy clothes in the in – the, girls section anymore mm, yeah and so yes i did have to buy size zero but i was a preteen yeah not a grown-ass woman that makes sense <laughs> well i mean we're not here to like shame size anybody it's true yeah. either way no matter what if you're a size zero congratulations you have the pick of clothing <laughs> yes you can do all the photo shoots yeah I feel like the fashion industry itself is judging bigger bodies. Like, we're not worth the time to put in to get us stylish clothing. It's just the idea that you're only plus size temporarily, right? Like, you should be working to be smaller. So why make clothing for temporary people, right? Wow. Okay, yeah. I mean, I never thought of it that way. But when you think about, like, the diet and exercise industries as well, you're absolutely right. They think... You shouldn't want to be this size. Mm-hmm. You're on your journey to, to weight loss. So you'll be a size zero one day. So maybe we don't need to make clothes for them. But apparently until then, be naked or wear potato sacks. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Basically. I just feel like it might be a bit of a trickle down judgment. So follow me here on speculation lane, as all I'm right, going to call all it. Right. Okay. So the industry doesn't care if clothing fits me or not. So I have to make do with whatever sack thrown my way. 
So you see me on the street and you're like, ugh, why is she so shabby? And then you keep seeing fat women who are dressed shabbily and you're like, ugh, why don't these fat women try and make themselves presentable? So I'm not saying that all women are poorly dressed, but it is much harder to pull together looks with limited options. And if you have limited funds, yeah, you're whatever Old Navy has for you, whatever H and M, Walmart, yeah, and Walmart, you're gonna get a shirt with a Tweety Bird on it at Walmart. You really. always will. Yeah. So I mean, you can do the best that you can with limited funds, but like, there's always gonna it's gonna be harder. And if you look shabby and you just see a whole bunch of fat people looking shabby, that might be your only representation for how people look. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, fat people are lazy because all they do is wear oversized things with like leggings. But hey, maybe that's all that fits someone at that point. Yeah. Based on where they are. I mean, we talked about Regina George in the last episode. She and couldn't sit with them. She couldn't sit with them because she'd gained weight and the only thing that fit her were sweatpants. And like she was still a pretty small. Yeah. She just wanted to lose those three pounds. (laughs) Speaking of losing three pounds. Okay. You like my segue? Yeah. Um, Do you remember the Nike mannequin? The Nike plus size mannequin? Yeah. Okay. Like everyone hated it in the world. Okay. I thought win for inclusivity, but. Uh, (laughs) You're adorable. No, no one wants. Okay. No one wants fat people at the table ever. And they certainly don't want them wearing exercise clothing, but they want them to lose weight. Exactly. So for people who might not know this, so Nike a couple of years back added plus size mannequins to their London flagship store. And it was supposed to be the highlight and inclusive sportswear. But man, people hated it. One journalist and like, I'll use that phrase lightly because this lady sounds like a real bitch. Uh, (laughs) Tanya Gold wrote an article for The Telegraph. The new mannequin is obese, and she is not readying herself for a run in her shiny Nike gear. She cannot run. She is more likely pre-diabetic and on her way to a hip replacement. What terrible cynicism on the part of Nike. What? I don't... Like, what do you mean she's not like red, readying herself for a run maybe that's the exercise she's choosing to do to like whether she's choosing to do it to lose weight or whether she's just like happy in her body and likes running like yeah. what that's what a whole does, that's a whole nother episode but uh, like exercise yeah things. we'll do a body episode but at some point it just it so the argument went like a few different ways so you can say Fat people need something to wear while they're trying not to be fat anymore so thank you Nike for giving this to us because there are some people who are like constantly on a weight loss goal and if that's where you are that's where you live that's where you're comfortable good for you get mm-hmm. all your workout clothes and like do what you want to do for your body why should we begrudge them of that nike's like hey here's a sports bra so you don't have to wear an oversized shirt like you're going to like the pool in the eighth grade this is nice stuff that like might make you might encourage you to work out more because you have nice things to wear right so like why are we mad about that like what's yeah. tanya's problem like not every fat person is on their way to the grave. No. And and again, like, it's about what they're comfortable in wearing mm-hmm. and to give them more options of what to be comfortable, whether they're on a weight loss journey or not, mm-hmm. just having options of what to wear. So then the other argument that I think that they might have been, that Nike could possibly make is... You know, like you said, the goal is not always to lose weight. But when I'm moving for weight loss or just to be moving, I want to have something nice to wear. So, like, I don't understand why this even needs to be in a newspaper. Like, why it needed to be such a topic that this mannequin came out. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's like, can I can I just have nice clothing to wear in general? 
It's just funny to me that people can wear, that skinny people in particular, can wear workout clothes to brunch, to run errands, to walk the dog, whatever, everywhere, but to the gym, and it's called athleisure wear, right? Oh, yeah. But a fat person in work in workout clothing, like, I have to prove it. Like, you need to see my sweat. I have to have my water bottle. Like, I have to prove that I'm working out. I can't just have, like, a sports bra and some, like, nice leggings. It's weird. Yeah. I don't like it. When we talk about bodies, I think it goes beyond size too though right we can talk about clothing choices clothing options for women of different ages Mm -hmm. right i mean you've seen it i'm sure you've seen it the tiktoks have been around even if you don't have tiktok oh i don't have tiktok but like it comes around in my twitter because i'm old so i have old people twitter is it i guess twitter's is twitter the millennial thing like I or gen i don't know like the boomers and the old gen x have uh facebook, facebook. now yeah and i think us like zennials the zennials are twitter yeah we're like is that a thing yeah it's the in between gen x and uh millennial oh okay. it's like 1978 to 82 ish okay we're like a, a micro yeah, generation you guys you guys do have twitter yeah. Yeah. You we guys definitely like, do. Twitter. But you see it anyway. The, mm-hmm. the kids, like the Gen Z kids or whoever, saying that, you know, people are old if they wear skinny jeans and they have a side part. Like, I, I, I think one person said it and then the millennials got scared and they started panicking about it. And, which, like, go it, do something. Go make a TikTok. <laughs> like, leave me on my pants alone. My skinny jeans look good on me. I... No one looks sane with the middle part. So, like, shut up, Taylor. Like, no one (laughs) needs your opinion. Like, let people be how they want to be. But that's it. Like, I don't want to judge anybody for having a middle part. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to judge anyone for wearing skinny jeans, baggy jeans, boot cut, whatever. I mean, I... Boot cut, though. You can judge them for boot cut. No, I love boot cut. All right, grandma. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but see that's it it's not a grandma thing You're anymore proving your own fo- no it's it's, it's the kid be. thing now like the kids are wearing wide leg jeans they're wearing like flared jeans yeah i just don't think that they have any room to judge people for what they're wearing when they're wearing what we used to wear well and that's what yeah. i want to get into right you know like a lot of people got up in arms especially the millennials saying that these things didn't make them old but like guess what like millennials you are in your 30s and yeah and maybe that's not maybe they're late 20s but like no you're not old but you're not the teen demographic anymore you know we're not setting the trends anymore at least and and what comes around goes around like you said like i remember wearing flared jeans and having a center part in the Mm -hmm. night listen i had a center part like a couple of years ago when i grow my hair long i have a center part but i don't grow my hair long often so my short hair i'm not center parting my short hair i'm not like jonathan taylor thomas or oh something you know like but did you have a zigzag part no Ooh, i did not i, I had not a that zigzag fancy. i had the zigzag part i had the you could S's. pull it off you could pull it off yeah i definitely I could. could not i should i should get that again <laughs> they should bring that back they want to do y2k fashion prove it but like i remember parts. being so upset when i couldn't find flared jeans anymore like i i did stitch fix and whatever and i was like hey can you send me some like boot cut jeans and like yeah we don't really have that right now yeah because it wasn't in fashion like i hated skinny jeans for so long like i remember wearing like leggings and stirrup pants and stuff when i was a kid Mm. and i hated them so i like the wider leg jeans freedom yeah yeah they, they weren't restrictive but 
I've grown to be okay with skinny jeans too. And you know what? I'll keep wearing them because I'm 40 and I don't care. Exactly. But I'm, I'm not sad that the bootcut jeans are back. Like I'm, I I'm I can't get it. behind the bootcut with you. I can't. You'll, you'll see. I can rock it. I don't know. But like, <laughs> so I was always like, I, I wear like the high boots, right? And you can't just like. No, that's true. That's in. why I gave into the skinny jeans is because yeah. I like the high boots. But I wonder if the ankle boots will be more of a thing now. I don't know. But honestly, it's not that deep. It's not it's that not. serious. Yeah. Like we are getting older millennials, like zennials, whatever the hell you want to call us, whatever area. We don't need to wear what the cool kids are wearing. Like, it would look weirder if we did, I feel like. It would. Like, imagine go back to, like, the 90s and your mom's wearing, like, your fashion. Oh my like, God. Just bedazzled things. <laughs> bedazzled army print. Mom, okay. no. But I kind of want to see Rovi in some, <laughs> in some bedazzled stuff now. I think she could rock the bedazzled jean jacket. <laughs> Sorry, Roby, if you're Where listening. Where do I get a bedazzler? Do they still make those? Oh, I bet you could get them on eBay. Mm, totally. Maybe. She would, um, she'd be into it, I feel like. She would. I just, yeah. I, I get that vibe from her. <laughs> but like, you know, I, I, I like the way that Rebecca Jennings put it in her Vox article from February of 2021. She said, there's no reason to be protective over hair parts or jeans because fashion is agnostic to a person's age. Ooh. We associate trends with whoever's in their teenage years at the time they're popular, but not necessarily because teenagers invented them. I'm like, seriously. Yeah. Like I said, I've had a center part mm-hmm. and I've had a side part and I've mostly worn like flare boot cut or like at least straight leg jeans, but I've rocked the skinny jean too. And like, Okay, I didn't rock stirrup pants, but like I wore stirrup pants when I was a kid. I don't in the think 80s. anybody rocked stirrup pants, really. Especially we all tried. Especially as someone who is tall, I have really long legs. Oh yeah, the stirrups would like pull the pants down the cr- <laughs> like, and that's why we all wore shirts down to our knees because you the stirrups to. pulled the crotch down. Like, <laughs> like no. ass was hanging out. <laughs> but you know. It kept them tucked in at that time. They didn't mm-hmm. ride up, and that was sort of the goal. You know, finding fashion that you like when it's not quote unquote in fashion can Mm -hmm. be tough. Like, what are you going to do when you go to the store and they don't have skinny jeans just there? It's going to be hard if that's what you like. Yeah. Just as designers have certain size body in mind, they also have a certain aged body in mind. We need more designers that make fashionable clothing for those of us outside of the 16 to 25 age range. I was actually reading an article in The Guardian that talked about uh, how ageism potentially costs the fashion industry a ton of money every year, like $14 billion over the next 20 years it could cost them. Research suggests that ageism in fashion makes older women feel frumpy. Mm, Yeah. And and so this is very similar to the the size thing, right? Like if the fashion's not designed for you... You know, women over 75 stop spending money on fashion, even though they're the ones with the most buying power. Yeah, that doesn't even make sense. Like, why not cater to those people? Why not make something they, nice? And they they pay, like, I'd pay good money for things to look nice on me. Like, let yeah. me do it. And and that's it. They're still interested in looking stylish. So yeah. if you make something stylish for them, they'll buy it. If you build it, they will come. Uh, yes. Right? Um, the article also discusses a group of older models who protested London's Fashion Week. And when I say older, I mean, like, they're in their 40s, like, not old. But they they protested London's Fashion Week back in 2017 due to a lack of representation for their age group. Wow. One of the organizers stated, 
People seem to think that once you reach 40, you're not interested in clothes and you don't buy anything. But that's simply not true. Yes, not. A huge percentage of clothes are bought by older women. So fashion is making a huge mistake by ignoring... Grey pound? That does no, I not didn't know what right. that meant either. <laughs> so fashion... It, were was, they British? Like the grey oh, dollar. Maybe the grey yeah. pound. Okay, I'm like, what quote was that? And I wrote it. But like, honestly, I do agree, right? I'm more interested in fashion now than I ever was in my teens and my 20s. Mm-hmm. I'm more interested in finding things that fit my body right, that look good on me, yeah. that make me feel good about myself. And guess what? I'm not wealthy, but like, I have money to buy clothes now that... I didn't have growing up. And you have more opportunities to buy clothes. Like, you'll be going to more things than, like, teens will. Like, you're, well, you already bought, like, your dress for the wedding, but, like, you're well, going yes. dress for the wedding. Like, job interviews. Like, there are things that you need to purchase for. So, like, why not cater to those people who have things they need to buy for and have the money to buy them? Yeah, absolutely. Clothes are complicated, though. I mean, you know, when we talk... Even beyond size and age, it's how they're designed. Yeah. How clothing is designed is super important, and it should be designed for women. It should be functional, you know? Functional, yes. Functionality is the key. Um, and I have a joke for you based on functionality. Uh, okay. Hit what me. Is, what's the difference between a kangaroo and a pair of women's jeans? I don't know, Kim. What is the difference? The kangaroo has a functional pocket. <laughs> I would laugh if it weren't so sadly true. I googled for a joke about this and I couldn't find one, so I wrote this one. Um, I would be very like if if someone else has said it in the in the past, I I would love to know. But I think this might be a completely original joke. I mean, whether it is or not, I I appreciate it because there's so much truth to it. So I was doing a whole bunch of research on like where the fuck did our pockets go? So started <laughs> where the fuck did the where pockets the fuck is go? our pockets? So it started way back earlier than I ever thought. Like in the 17th century, women were like, "We need pockets," and they were like, "How about you have this bag that you wear around your waist, underneath your skirt?" Like a 17th century fanny pack? Yes. (laughs) Yes. So they were super fancy. So like sometimes they had like, it was like on a belt and there would be two little purses that went down. So it was kind of like. A double fanny pack. Yes. (laughs) It was literally the structure of pockets now, but you would have to cut into your skirt to make a hole to reach these pockets. What? Yes. Yeah, so these things were huge, too. Like, they carried so many things. Well, yeah, because people wanted, oh, you mean huge, like, physically huge. Physically huge, and I guess, like, also all the rage. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. And I was like, yeah, because women need to carry shit around, and they need somewhere to put it. Yeah. There's a book called The Pocket, A Hidden History of Women's Lives from 1660 to 1900 by Barbara Burnham. So in this book, she shares a classified ad from a London newspaper. Someone lost their fucking pockets. So they took out an ad. So the ad states the pocket's contents. So the following items were in these pockets. A silver purse. So there was a purse in the pocket. But I think a purse is like a coin Like a tiny, holder, yeah. Right? Like a coin purse. Like a coin purse, I guess. It just says purse, but I'm assuming so. A pair of gloves. A ring. A toothpick case. A handkerchief. A key and a thimble. So basically what you put in your pocketbook. What you put in your... I, I never leave home without my toothpick case. So, <laughs> of course, I would put this in my pocketbook. But, but they had it in their pockets. Listen, I know at least one of my sisters... I'm pretty sure at least one of my sisters carries, like, floss picks in her purse. 
Jill. <laughs> yes. I'm guessing. Yes. Jill's That's- got really nice teeth. She does. She Not does. saying that any of the other ones have bad teeth. No, and you know what? She's the only one of us who never had braces. Because <gasps> she had those floss picks. <laughs> Way to go, Jill. So as clothing starts to get more body hugging, as it does, because the male gaze, these pockets, they got to go because they're lumpy underneath the dresses and nobody wants that, right? How dare. So instead of having pockets, now women get purses. And also at this time, women are homemakers, so they didn't really have a lot of tasks that required them to leave the home. So they gave all the stuff to the men. So yeah, the men got to carry the money, watches, audacity, you know, the basics, what men need to carry. So they had all the pockets. Audacity. The audacity. The audacity. Pockets but, and pockets full of audacity. <laughs> and pocket watches. Like, I think, like, that's the coolest thing when a guy, like, opens a jacket and there's, like, a pocket watch. There's a whole pocket. Isn't that what the extra pocket, pocket is for in jeans? Like, that little tiny pocket? You know how sometimes jeans have that little fifth pocket? Yes. I thought I never... it was for pocket watches, but, like, also, does that make sense? Like, why were no. people wearing pocket watches in jeans? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. I wonder what it's... It's not just for, like, your thumb. <laughs> Your, your lip for, gloss pocket. Maybe it's for coins. And they would fly out of your pocket. No, the little one. The little teeny one pocket. One, co- what, like a quarter? <laughs> Is that your quarter pocket? You know, people didn't need as many coins before because everything was so much cheaper. I don't know. I'm just... Listen. I'm just thinking of like a jukebox hero. Like <laughs> I got the quarter for the next song. All right, Fonzie move style. On, move on. You started with your. You we have to look it up now. What that little pocket is for then? Okay. By the time the 20th century came along, women were doing things. During the World Wars, women had to step up and help help fill roles that were once occupied by men that were drafted. So think like Rosie the Riveter. She had pockets. She had to hold tools and screws. Her clothing was about functionality, not fashion, which I feel like should be like my mantra is functionality, not fashion. So women began wearing pants for the first time ever, mostly to avoid workplace injuries, but like they were loving it and the freedom that came with it. But as the war ended, so did the freedom. I know how it goes. The men came back and they were like, women wearing pants. How dare. Oh, no. Um, Covering up those great gams. You and the I love the word gams. It's so good. (laughs) Um, So they, they, they didn't like it, basically. Right. Women, back in your dresses. The fashion industry was like, wait, what did the men say? Put those bitches into dresses. Delicate shapes, full skirts, bright colors, no pockets. No pockets, just purses. All your purses. But, like, at this point, women were like... I have keys to this house. I have a car. I've got a wallet. Like, I need to carry shit. They wanted pockets, but they got more purses instead. I, I want to say, like, I absolutely adore the dress style from the post-World War II era. Like, the 1950s yeah, dresses. I love it, and I think it looks good on me. But if it has pockets, mm-hmm. then I really love it. Yeah. Do you also, get to put your hands in your dress and go, oh, it's got pockets? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> what woman do you know who gets a dress with pockets and doesn't tell doesn't everyone? Doesn't tell you about it? Exactly. It, something's exactly. wrong. Um, also, while you were talking, I, I promise I was listening, but I was also Googling at the same time. And the answer to our question about the little pocket in jeans is, it's a watch pocket. Back in the 1800s, cowboys used to wear their watches on chains and kept them in their waistcoats to keep them from getting broken. Levi's introduced a small pocket where they could keep their watch. Why do we still have it? 
Now I have no idea. Like, I mean, I guess they're like, hey, this is what jeans do. This is how they look. Let's yeah. keep them the same way. Why? Listen, I I, I don't I have mean, a why. But I, get, I mean, as long as it's not taking anybody like an hour extra to sew on that fucking pocket, I guess keep it. But there's no yeah. real need but for it. But there's our answer anyway. Okay. So I should get a pocket watch. Do I have a Yes, pocket? you should get a pocket watch. Yes, you do. I got a tiny pocket! <laughs> pocket watch me stat. Even my shorts have a tiny pocket. What? Ridiculous. Although it doesn't actually function, but it's there. <laughs> because, you know, put, women's shorts. They put a fake pocket for a fake thing. <laughs> They're like, hey, here's a thing you don't need anymore. Here's a fake version of it. <laughs> Oh, but like pockets, they're getting better, right? Like a little bit? They're getting somewhat better. So more female designers have even answered the pocket call. So the demand is there. Cell phones are actually helping. Okay. This designer, Guinevere Genzel, first off, that's a really pretty name. Anyway, she's a senior women's designer for Toad & Co. She's recently asked about the future of pockets for an interview with Outside Magazine. So she said, pockets have changed because phones have changed. Interesting. We didn't have cell phones back in the day, so we didn't have anywhere. We didn't have a need to put them anywhere. Now I have to think about phones when I'm designing apparel. Oh my gosh, if only they would. Like, I literally have the smallest iPhone and it still doesn't fit in my pockets. Does it fit sideways? Because my phone can only fit sideways. It sometimes in certain pants will fit sideways. Do you ever notice that, like, functioning pockets are either only on the front or only on the back? Because that's how it is for clothes I get. So with plus size clothes, I think they do it based on like a man size. So both my pockets normally work. The front ones are more shallow, but okay. I usually have a pocket on the front and the back. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I tend to get one or the other, it seems. I don't I'm, know. I'm not one, getting like Superman pockets. My where... jeans my jeans have both front and back pockets, but mm. any other pants, oh. it's one or the other. Oh, like work pants? I haven't worn work pants in like two <laughs> years. I'm like, what other pants are there? So, yes, you're right. They're only on the back or they're the fake pocket where it's just like a line. Yes. And you like pick. Stop with the fake pocket. But then they sew it. So I'm like, oh, is this a real pocket that they sewed? And then I'll pick out. I'm like, oh, now there's just a hole in my pants. Yeah. You have to you have to look inside the pant to see Mm. how deep the pocket goes first before you go ripping that seam. Yeah, I didn't know that. I've ruined a couple of pair of pants that way. (laughs) But no, you're right. I just I it blows my mind that I haven't thought about work pants in such a long time that I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what other pants are there besides jeans and sweats? I, also, my job is not, they don't make you wear work pants. Like, No, I mean, mine doesn't casual. either, but like, I like certain pants. I, that, I don't know. It's just, it's a whole thing. But yeah, I mean, not by not giving us pockets, they're basically forcing most women to carry like purses or handbags or whatever, right? And seeing that handbags are a, million industry. I don't think we're going to get a lot of pockets anytime soon. This is like the pocketbook or the handbag purse lobbyists that are like... Probably. They're like, don't don't put any pockets on there. Like, we need people to buy purses. Just leave it. I want to talk about athletes. Now, we're not... We don't necessarily... Actually, I've seen more pockets in, in athletic wear. In recent years, at least for the phone, so you can like listen to music while you run or whatever. I have one pair of pants that have like my athleisure pants that I actually like go on walks with, and I wear them all the time because they have pockets. None of the other ones do. Or they have those tiny, I'm here for money pockets. Yes, because I want to run with change jingling around in my pocket. 
Not change, but like dollar bills. Dollar bills. Dollar dollar bills. <laughs> you shouldn't use that pocket because there's nothing grosser as a cashier than receiving a wet twenty pulled out of someone's like waistband. It's disgusting. No, Don't agreed. Do it. Agreed. Look. When we think about female athletes and what they wear, there's a couple of examples recently that come to mind, and one of them is definitely specifically a gendered thing. The other one we can argue is much more of a race thing, but has been uh, specifically used against women recently. So the first example is the Norwegian handball team. Like this was a recent thing, right? Um, during the like Olympics. No, it was before the Olympics. It was like the European the pre-trials yes. or whatever. But I want to draw attention to this because it's just so ludicrous and it, it demonstrates the double standard between men's and women's attire in the sports world. According to the International Handball Federation's rules and regulations, men must wear shorts that, quote, fall no longer than 10 centimeters, about four inches, above their knees. Okay. So they have to be long. They okay. can't be more than four inches above their knees or else that's too short. Women, on the other hand, must follow these guidelines. Quote, female athletes must wear bikini bottoms with hmm. a closed fit and cut on an upward angle towards the top of the leg. It also states that the side must be a maximum of 10 centimeters. What? <laughs> so basically, the material between the men's shorts and their knees is used to make the entire width of the women's bottom like, i'm wondering why someone put so much detail into that rule uh, yeah it's the upward angle what i mean it's sexist and impractical so it's underwear yes it's upward a bikini angle. bottom it's like a bathing suit bikini bottom Ugh. but like so unnecessary right the team was actually fined about i think it was about 1500 euros so it was 150 euros per teammate and there are 10 players oh, jesus really yeah. Wow. They were, which that translates to about $1,780 for their decision to wear shorts during the European handball tournament against Spain this past July. But according to NPR, the, the team decided it was well worth the fine. Yeah. And they were fully supported not only by the president of the Norwegian Handball Federation, but by fans and women worldwide. So, like, so many questions. <laughs> This president who supported it, can't they just be like, I veto this rule? Well, they're just the Norwegian president, oh, okay. not the European Federation okay. president. Follow-up question. Why is this so pervy? <laughs> like, some creep. Patriarchy? It, it has to be. Like, the guy writing the rules was just like, hey, how do I make sure I see 100% ass? Like, how do we guarantee that if I have to go to this thing and watch women play sports, I get to see someone's ass? Because, like, I, I just don't even get it. I wonder what research they did in deciding how these shorts would be different based on gender. And who was on those committees? Yeah. Because I can't imagine there were enough women to feel comfortable enough to mm. voice their opinions, which is unfortunate. Like, do the... Bikini bottoms make them play better? Is it aerodynamic against the And if the so, cheeks? then why don't the men wear them? Exactly. That's all I'm saying. Like, yeah. honestly, if the women were going to be fined for this, I really wish the men's team had, oh, I don't know, maybe they didn't qualify. I don't know. Hmm. But if they had, like, they should have worn bikini bottoms just to be like, this is ridiculous. See, yes and no, because I think that would hinder the way that they played. Like, it probably hinders the way that the women play. 
Well, exactly. Because these women are diving into like the sand and getting wedgies and having yeah. to pick them. And like, no, nobody, no, no one should have to deal that. with that. Yeah. No, no one should have to deal with that. And that's definitely not okay. It's the, frustrating. The other example I want to talk about is soul caps. Are you familiar with these? Somewhat. Okay. I know that there's a lot of like black people in the Olympics now. So I've been hearing a little bit about it. Yes. You know, this example is, is like I said before, it's probably more about racism than sexism, but it does still heavily affect female swimmers. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was important to include it here. Uh, Less than a month before the 2021 Summer Olympics, the International Swimming Federation ruled that the sole cap, a swim cap designed for natural black hair, did not meet its requirements, stating that athletes competing at the international level have, quote, never used, neither required to use caps of such size and configuration, and that the cap does not, quote, follow the natural form of the head. What does that mean? I I think it just means racism. (laughs) (laughs) No, honestly, though, so like you said, you've saying seeing more black swimmers in the Olympics. So there's going to be more of a demand for this. If this hasn't been a thing in the past, it's not because it hasn't been needed. It's because there haven't been these options. Mm -hmm. And uh, there maybe hasn't been the same demand. But now that this is an option for a swimmer to wear, more black swimmers are able to take their careers further. Yeah. That's kind of crazy to think that, like, this cap, like, might be what made the difference between someone being a swimmer and not being a swimmer. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did, the designers of the swim cap said that they made them in order to aid an overlooked demographic of swimmers, those with full Afro-textured hair who struggled to fit their hair into the available swim caps. So I know for like regular swim caps, you have to have, you have to make sure your hair is braided so you can actually fit it into the cap. Mm-hmm. And then you can't get your hair wet because it's a whole process for black hair. Like you have to clean it, condition it, comb it. It's like a full-time job. Like black hair is not easy to manage, but imagine doing that and training to be like this great swimmer. Right. On top of all of that. And also like the, you can't really get your hair wet with like the chlorine water because it's really damaging to black hair. So it's, I was going to say it sounds vain, but it doesn't. But, like, I couldn't imagine if, like, I was a swimmer and it's like, hey, you're probably going to lose a lot of your hair. It's going to get fucked up every time, but you'll have to fix it every time before a race and every time after a Mm -hmm. race. Do you still want to be a swimmer? Do you want to spend 12 hours in the pool and six hours doing your hair? I'd be like, well, I guess I'm, like, not going to swim this year because this sounds like way too much to have to do unless you just like shave your head and yeah. that's like a whole and that's not thing. for everyone right no. you know and honestly the move to ban these swim caps would potentially alienate up-and-coming black swimmers oh, absolutely so there is the reason i wanted to tie this to our podcast about women and big reputations is that the there's a british olympic swimmer and she's actually a co-founder of the black swimming association her name is alice deering She's one example of a swimmer affected by the decision to ban these caps. She's actually a brand ambassador for Soul Cap, uh, but, you know, because they were banned for the Olympics, wasn't able to wear it at that time. Mm -hmm. She states that when she was a kid, her mother used to have to relax her hair and then braid it, just like you were talking about, um, so that it would fit. Now with the soul cap, she has more options and can wear her natural hair even as a swimmer. Like, it just gives her that flexibility. But I, I also think it's a 
people don't understand what they don't know thing. And like relaxing your hair. Like I had my hair relaxed until I was about 16. It's super damaging. And you knew when my hair was like super short, that's because it didn't grow any further because I was getting it relaxed and it would just break off all the time. Like it's really damaging. Mm -hmm. So to have to do that, to be able to have a swim career, it's, it's a, it's a bigger sacrifice than, than anyone would just like, like white a, people hair <laughs> yeah i was trying to think of the exact term it's like because my hair is like there's a texture my hair is 4c okay and like yours would be like a1 or something Probably. like <laughs> is the, that like the thinnest and finest the, yes yeah the straightest <laughs> i think it's it's the oh it's about curl it's about the curl yeah okay. I, you can't see me but i'm spinning my finger in the air to indicate curl and i couldn't <laughs> get it but it's like yeah about like the curl pattern so okay. like Theo, my fiance, is he's got straight as fuck hair. And like we did like a test one day and he has A1 and I have 4C. So we're at literally at opposite ends of the spectrum for okay. hair. Yeah. So hopefully our babies will be somewhere in the middle and they'll have very manageable hair. All right. All right. We'll see. We'll see. Black hair is just, it's very, it's not a problem, but it just, it's hard to manage and it's difficult. It's a lot more work. I mean, it is. But how it's, long it takes you to go to the salon to have something done to oh. your hair versus me? Six hours getting my hair braided on Saturday. Yeah. And like me getting my hair done for the wedding will probably take him like 10 minutes. Yeah. Like I have to get mine done a week before. (laughs) But Deering actually wants other black swimmers, both boys and girls, to have the option to choose how they wear their hair and which caps they wear over it. So just, again, having that flexibility when Mm -hmm. you're a kid helps you progress further on. Maybe later down the line, you do choose to have your hair short and tight so the... Mm -hmm the quote-unquote standard swim caps fit, but it shouldn't be the only place or your only option. Now, the International Swimming Federation has stated they will revisit their ruling, but this is really only after considerable backlash from the public that Mm -hmm. they're doing it. So hopefully they make the right decision and allow these swimmers to wear caps that best fit them. Besides, if the idea that the these caps don't fit the natural shape of the head, whatever the hell that means. I don't even understand means. what that means because everybody's head shapes are different. Yeah. But I, your hair is part of the natural shape of your head, is it not? I guess they mean skull. I don't know. But like hopefully they, that, I mean, because honestly you would think that a bigger swim cap would slow a swimmer down it's not gonna speed them up so if anything it will hinder them rather than help them but i don't think it does either i think it keeps them on equal ground and just gives them a better opportunity Hmm. all right well let's let's do some truth digging some like societal rationale for why this is a thing let's do it like what the hell (laughs) I want to talk about the patriarchy and the male gaze. So this quote that I found is actually from 1982. So it's old. It's, you know, we're talking, we're talking almost 40 years, but it does, it comes from an abstract to an article in the Harvard Women's Law Journal by Mary Wisner. And honestly, it was still too true not to share. So here goes. Enforcing gender differences helps preserve power imbalances between men and women patriarchy. Seeing women as sex objects can lead to regulating women's appearance in order to control the reactions of men, again, affecting power distribution. Hmm. So like I said, the article may be nearly 40 years old, but I found that there were quite a few things that really have not changed. Wisner is exploring the law's responses to challenging gender-specific clothing rulings in multiple situations. 
she notes that there are two themes that seem to appear over and over again. And these are themes I don't think we've fully disposed of yet. So the first is there exists a perceived need to differentiate men and women or boys and girls. And two, there is a tendency to review women as sexual objects. Hmm. So Wisner cites a number of cases where gendered and patriarchal clothing standards were brought before the law. And some of these include a woman challenging a bank's dress code requirements that mandated women wear a uniform and men wear, quote, appropriate business attire. What is appropriate business attire? Exactly. I mean, I don't know, but exactly. Hmm. Another one, the firing of a female lobby attendant who refused to wear a, a revealing uniform. So she didn't want to be hypersexualized yeah. and was fired for that. She just wanted to do her job without being ogled over. Exactly. The enforcement that women wear skirts to be married in City Hall. What? Yeah, I don't know which City Hall this was, but I was like, are you serious? Like, whose business is it? Like, someone's already marrying you. Like, what you- How dare you wear pants to get married? I, how would they know who was the bride if she wasn't <laughs> wearing a skirt, you know? <laughs> There were numerous challenges, uh, numerous cases of challenges to school dress codes. Mm. Prosecuting a woman for swimming with exposed breasts. And there's even discussion of a judge who suggested that a girl's revealing dress provoked her rape. Mm. Now, we know that's prolific in in society in general, but to have a judge come out and say it. Like a a judge, too. Like someone who's supposed to be like... Neutral. Yeah. And like the law. Yeah. So, like I said, all these examples are, they obviously came from before 1982, since that's when this article was published. But so many of them could have taken place today that I felt like I could still include it. Yeah. Right? The dress code thing is rampant. Mm. You mentioned some of this before with your school uniform thing. But even in public schools, the idea of spaghetti strap shirts and short skirts being distracting is super common. That's really fucking annoying. But the blame is never on the boys who can't practice self-control, but instead on the girls for being provocative. I remember we had like a toga day when I was teaching high school and Mm. the boys would just wear like a toga and like one of their nipples would be showing. Ooh, the scandal. Depending on who their teachers were, they might make them put like first aid tape over their nipple, but like they didn't have to wear a shirt. But imagine a girl just like putting first aid tape over her nipple I actually found a very funny headline. Well, it's not funny for this girl, but I was looking up the dress code cases because, like, they're ridiculous. And this was my favorite headline. A 17-year-old girl says that she was forced to put Band-Aids on her breasts after school officials claimed that her nipples were distracting to the male students. So this girl, there's a picture. She's wearing, like, a, it's a, Tommy, no, a Calvin Klein gray shirt, long sleeves. It, I guess it might be a little bit sheer. You can't tell from anything in this photo. But just just the conversation of having someone put Band-Aids over their nipples seems... Yeah. Have you seen the show Grand Army? Not yet. It's on my list. Okay. So in this show, there's this one point where one of the girls decides she's not going to wear a bra under her shirt mm-hmm. and because it's something about the dress code, this and that, and what's allowed and what's not. Mm. And that's that's like she wears a T-shirt... Yeah. But because she doesn't have a bra on, it becomes like this whole scandal thing and whatnot. I feel like you have to be looking so hard at someone's chest to see their nipples in a shirt. Like you have to be a problem to be noticing something like that. Like if you're just doing your work, you know, 
oh, I'm just a strong boy doing work and now I'm distracted by these nipples. How dare they? Like you're not you're not doing it right. Right. You're not schooling properly if you're worried about somebody no, no, else's no, 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 nipples. No. Yeah. I mean, walking around without a top is it's legal in New York for mm-hmm. women, but it's still illegal in many places and it's shamed almost everywhere. Like Oh yeah. Just because it's legal here doesn't mean I'm about to do it. I'm sweating my ass off in the New York summer, but I'm not walking around without a shirt because I don't want to be harassed. Yeah, you, you absolutely know? would be. I, oh. I wouldn't put it past someone to even grab you oh, in the street. Oh, totally. You know, I mean, but also just think of breastfeeding mothers. Oh, my like, God. Those poor women, the shit they have to deal with when they're trying to feed their kid. They're just trying to feed their yeah. kid. There's nothing sexual about that. Just let them feed their kid. And and again, you know, just like the judge, just like things we see online, you know, there are many cases of victim blaming based on what mm-hmm. a girl or a woman wears uh, when it comes to rape cases. Clothes for women are so often designed with a male gaze in mind. Ugh. Whether we actively choose to wear something for men doesn't matter. And let's be honest, most of us don't. Like, when I pick out my clothes, I don't choose my clothes to be like, oh, what are men going to think of me when I wear this? You don't? Mm-hmm. But honestly, the options we're given to even buy in the first place are already based around this male gaze. Literally, like, you mentioned something earlier about, like, being harassed for wearing like when you were out wearing sweatpants or yeah. something i was once in the library like i was packed up from the library getting ready to leave in the winter and a guy coming up the escalator to the library was like you're too beautiful to be covered up like that gross and sir. i was like literally it's winter i'm wearing a <laughs> coat and a hat and i'm about to go outside like i don't give a shit what you think but how dare you think you have the right to say that to me in the first yeah. place? What was what was his ideal follow-up? Were you supposed to strip down and be like, you're absolutely right, and then frolic off into, like, a February day? Like, what? Well, if that's what he wanted, he definitely didn't get that. <laughs> I was like, fuck off, and then I just left. <laughs> that's exactly what the response should always be when some man who you don't know comments on your outfit. Fuck exactly. off. You know, if you want to say, hey, you look nice in that. Great. Say, say that anything. and then move about your day. I don't mind yes. a compliment. But if you give the compliment, and make then you, it not about my body, but yes. make it about my outfit or whatever, fine. And then move on. You don't, just because you said something nice to me does not mean you deserve something exactly. in return. And that's where the problem is. I think, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I think it's that they give the compliment and then they linger because it's like, okay, you've accepted my compliment. Now let's now segue into something. something. Yeah, like now there's something else that's supposed to be given. And it's like, no, no, thank you. I This conversation has ended for me. I have been hit on in the library way more time than I would like to think. And my other big thing is like, I hate having to go like, Oh, I'm married, or I have a boyfriend. But that's like, the quickest way to shut shit down, and that's is. ridiculous. Yeah, it is. I I once had to work on getting rid of this guy in the library for like fifteen minutes because I was like, let's see how long I can do this without having to play the husband card. Oof. And yeah, it was it was icky. Yeah. But patriarchy isn't the only like big universal factor that dominates why women wear and what they wear and why we judge each other for Mm -hmm. it but we also have capitalism to blame capitalism it's just money dipped in patriarchy (laughs) patriarchy dipped in money i said it backwards but yeah it's still (laughs) i knew what you were going for and yes 
So we'll probably do a whole episode on bodies as opposed to just the clothes on those bodies in the future. But we just wanted to address the quick role of capitalism and the male gaze as it pertains to women's fashion. Is our personal style and expression truly personal when it's largely influenced by the society we live in? Hmm. I mean, self-expression within patriarchal boundaries is important, but difficult to determine. Do we make choices based on our own, or do we make them based on a largely male-dominated fashion industry that just wants us to buy things to look good for them? I mean, honestly, that's a good question, because who's designing these clothes that we're purchasing in the first place that we look, we say, oh, I feel good in this, I look good Mm -hmm. in this. If it's men, are we truly doing this based on an expression of ourselves, or are we basing it off of what's been presented to us already? I don't know. I mean, that would be a good explanation for why, like, plus-size women clothes don't look great. Like, Mm. so Lane Bryant, which is the biggest plus-size retailer, um, I used to work there. I worked there for, like, seven fucking years. They are all ran by white men. There was, like, one woman who was, like, in charge for a while, but now it's just, like, old white dudes Hmm. saying what they think would look good on, like, young, bigger bodies. Great. Yeah. Hate it. So is that why things are so so shabby and cold shoulders? Like we get a lot of cold shoulders in plus like size if fashion. You, if you want to wear nice clothes, you got to lose weight to like look like this. And you know what? Not everybody's built like that. The yeah. end. Ugh. The male gaze theory suggests that a woman is only meant to be the object of the male gaze, something to be looked at, an object, not a subject. And this is something that many women are pushing back against. But to varying degrees of success, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know we try, Mm. but like, it's hard when we have so much pushback from patriarchy and capitalism. Yeah. I mean, we need more from the fashion industry in terms of bringing different looking women in to model the clothing. The fashion industry needs to work to empower all women through their designs. And honestly, in the name of capitalism, it would bring in so much more money if they designed with more sizes and shapes in mind. Like, I'm not a big fan of capitalism, but it's what we've got. And if you want to make it work and you want to make more money, make more things in more sizes for more people. We will pay for them. We will absolutely pay. I would pay all the money for a wardrobe that looked great on me and I didn't have to think twice about and had pockets. Yeah. There are also so many items of clothing that like, I think were designed by men that like women have to buy quote-unquote have to buy or Mm -hmm. feel they have to buy like i don't engage in most well okay i don't engage in some of these but Mm. like purses i don't have one i avoid it no i have you have a backpack right i have a wallet like a i had a wristlet it doesn't it's too grody to actually wear on my wrist now i'm embarrassed but i had a wristlet for a while so it was basically like a wallet that i wore on my wrist Mm. and sometimes i'll bring a tote bag places but I do not own a purse. Bras? I mean, if we had never worn bras, we would never feel the need to wear bras. But because we're trained at such a young age to put these bras on, where there are places in the world where people do not wear bras. And, and just because they have big boobs doesn't mean like they can't handle it. But I like we, my bra, though. And there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. And many people like their purses or mm. whatever. Like, with the pandemic, I was like wearing a bra for the first six months of it. I was like, yeah, I'm, I may be working from home, but I'm wearing a bra... And then I gave it up and I was like, damn, I do not miss that. You know, so do you have to put I wear one. on your nipples, though. 
I mean, to stop distracting. Am I distracting you? (laughs) I'm not wearing your bra today. No, you can see if you look. If I'm looking, but now it's weird. You've been been hanging out with me for like (laughs) six hours, and you did not notice. (laughs) Why? Because you're not a perv. (sighs) Now I don't know if I can finish. I'm way too distracted by your nipples. (laughs) Sorry, but yeah, it literally is just me and my husband at home. So no, I haven't worried about that. But now that I'm back to school, I am wearing them because Mm. I. I feel this societal pressure and this concern that the shirts that I wear are not designed to be discreet. Yeah, that's a problem too, right? Pantyhose? Like, oh, I'm not talking those. tights and colored tights that, like, are fun and an accessory, because I have mm-hmm. a lot of those, but, like, yeah. quote-unquote nude colored pantyhose mm-hmm. that you have, and, like, that's problematic I was going to say, I was like, we didn't even talk about nude, because I can talk all day about nude and how that's not a fucking color for everybody. Yes. That's another episode. Stop. <laughs> I'm, that's a whole nother episode. Side note, <laughs> did you know there's, like, a 24-pack a of crayons now that are, like, it's, like, colors of the world and it's just like all different skin colors no yes. i love that really yeah i saw it at staples the other day when i was oh, there i love that so much it, yeah it's a pretty cool concept and because that's the other thing when you're coloring in a coloring book and you're like what color do i color the skin of this person yeah like i'm not that shade of brown but i always had to use that brown yeah and you know if you don't have the like peach color in there like you just pink. you just leave white people <laughs> blank like you don't fill or in. they're pink or pink yeah, yeah. makeup is another thing like Ugh. you know yeah. and some people love makeup and kudos to you like no one's trying to take that away from you if you're doing your makeup for you great but i don't think makeup was designed with women and women's pleasure in mind no. I have not researched this, so I can't really give a specific evidence, but I do feel like makeup is something that, like, you know, we talk about the animal kingdom and which uh, which sex is, like, the pretty yeah. one. And that's usually the male, and yet... The one that has to, like, peacock and, like, spread out its feathers and make itself more desirable by... Yeah, but yet in the human race, we... It's the women that have, have to do all opposite. that work. So, like, all those things we've sort of been convinced that we need to buy as women and and some of us rebel against some of them but if there's any of you who rebel against all of those i'm giving you mad props right now because it's hard it's awesome yeah i'm talking about makeup like just thinking about like how many ads for mascara you see like i know we don't see as many ads now because like we watch different streaming services, streaming services yeah. but like there are so many ads for mascara and like has mascara actually changed over the years no there's a new one. There's a better one. Do you need it? No. But are you going to buy it? Of course. <laughs> but there's tons of makeup vloggers who like make money telling women that they need a full face of makeup and a pair of bicycle shorts to make you feel like you're a part of things. Yeah. I fail with those. Yeah, I, I don't, don't own like literally the only makeup I own is the the thing of lipstick that you bought for me to wear for your wedding. And I own one pair of shorts that I wear for softball, like, that are not fashion shorts. Yeah. Well, I bring up the shorts just because it's it's the it trend right now. It's, ah. like, what women are doing. Like, you can see just groups of women wearing this, like, uniform all together. And it's, like, do we actually like that? Or is that what we've been told would be the best thing? Mm-hmm. And by whom? And by whom, yeah. So a wise man once said... A woman makes an outfit out of her accessories. 
That man was Oscar de la Renta. He was a fashion designer who was telling women that they needed more things. Cleverly, those were things that he sold, which I think is genius level thinking. Uh, I think capitalism and patriarchy there. Yeah, patriarchy and capitalism, like it meets right there. Like this man is like, hey, I designed this beautiful thing for you. But to wear it, you need this other thing. And then you might need this other thing. Hey, honey, why don't you just buy all of it? Ugh. You're going to look so beautiful. Give me all your money. Thank you. So when you say a wise man, that's like in air Oh, that was sarcasm. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that was sarcasm. I was like, okay, we're talking about wise men here. I don't, I don't know what podcast this is, but sure. <laughs> so I think capitalism definitely won when I was in high school. So for we, you, you for me. Okay. Capitalism okay. won for me when I was in high school because we wore uniforms. So it was all about the makeup and the shoes and the purses. And I wasn't allowed to wear makeup. My mom was like weird about stuff like that. Um, and I had huge feet, so purses was where it was at. That's as far as I gotcha. was going. Yeah, I understand the big feet thing. Yeah. I was like, these are shoes that work. Sorry, this is all, that's all I got. So at the time, this was like early 2000s. It was Coach, Fendi, Dior, Prada bags. Those were the things to have. And honestly, like, I wasn't into any of them, but everyone had one. So, like, to fit in, I had to have one. <sighs> So I picked this coach bag, but I was like real smart about it. Like I picked one that was super fucking new. Nobody in my school had one. And for like two days, I was so cool. Everybody <laughs> wanted to see my bag. It had a little clasp in the front. Oh, where'd you get this? Oh, I got it on a trip to California with my family. Oh, you went to California? I was so cool. And I feel like if I was any kind of a person, I would be chasing that high for the rest of my life. Like I was so cool for two fucking days. That's so and funny. I feel like younger kids, like that's what you have. Mm-hmm. You know? Especially now with like social media, the Instagram oh, stuff absolutely. and everything. Yeah. There's like shopping halls. There's all these things that like younger teens are doing. The, you're, you're the it girl. You have those things. And it's important. But, like, my family didn't have the money. That was my birthday and Christmas present that gift. Right. So that's all I was getting. It's so funny. I'm thinking about that for me. The equivalent of that, because I was definitely not a purse person, would have been my starter jacket when I was in, like, I think I was eighth grader or freshman or something. I got a starter jacket. Like, we're throwing back here, mid-90s, right? But, like... If you had a starter jacket, you were the cool kid. And I was cool for, like, again, two days. Because it was a Boston College one. And, like, I don't know why I needed that one, but (laughs) I did. Also, not to make everything about me being fat, but, you know, America kind of does. So why not? I didn't have a lot of options when I was younger. So, like, when I would go, when I would get dragged to, like, Abercrombie & Fitch, which, like... That place is terrible if you've ever been to it. And, like, I went with my best friend, and I loved her. So it was like, I'll go with you. It's fine. And it was like, do you guys have socks that will fit me? Oh. Do you have a hat? Um, I guess this purse will do because it's like I wanted to fit in. But, like, none of that stuff fit me when I was a sure. kid. So it was like, what's the coolest thing I could get? And it was like, cool. There's, like, fun lip glosses kids are wearing. I'm allowed to wear lip gloss. And, like, this purse. Like, that was kind of it. That's all I had to be, like quote-unquote cool yeah i was definitely never cool (laughs) i was cool for like a day yeah kids are always just trying to be cool teenagers so according to a study done by lexington law the average teenager spends two thousand one hundred and fifty dollars per year on food and clothing what the hell where do they get this money oh my god my mom would never have bought that much stuff for me in a year well no a lot of it comes from like some of them have like tiny part-time jobs and then a lot of it is like birthday money, family money, like things like that. So although the spending power isn't really high in comparison to other groups, like we spend more, 
teens still hold a significant spending power. These kids aren't making a ton of money. So what they choose to spend their money on is super important. The sooner you can get them to spend that money, the more profit you can make as a company. And then you make like a consumer for life. All right. So what has been the impact or maybe even damage to women based on these judgments that we make about what women wear? In an article published in the March 2020 issue of Nature Human Behavior, authors O. Shafir and Tardoff of New York University and Princeton University present new findings on how economic status cues can affect our perceptions. In a series of nine studies, community members, undergraduate students, and others were presented with pictures of random faces paired with expensive or cheap upper body clothing and asked to judge these people's competencies. Mm-hmm. In all investigations, the faces paired with richer clothing were judged as more competent. Yeah. Even when the instructions warned against doing this, the participants were told to ignore the clothing and their judgments of competency. I, I think that's fascinating, though, because if you don't know a person, you haven't spoken to them or listened to them, what do you have to judge them on? Just the way they look. Mm-hmm. And... It's the same idea of, like, don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. But you're judging someone based on their appearance, just how their hair is done, Mm -hmm. what their face looks like, and what clothing they're wearing. And think about it. Say you're on a job interview. You're completely qualified, but you happen not to have the money for a new outfit. And you seem less capable than the woman who came draped in Gucci. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely remember when I got my first interview being like, I have to run out and buy a suit. Yeah. Even though the first interview was on, like, Zoom. Mm hmm I wasn't even meeting these people in person, but I felt I had to have the right outfit to to make an you make impression. make yourself presentable. Yeah, you make yourself presentable. Half of the participants were also warned that the clothing is unrelated to the competency, but nevertheless, this influenced their judgment of competency. Yeah. Analysis of the data shows about 70% said that the person in the richer clothing was more competent of the pair. Like 70% is That's wild. Huge. Yeah. I mean, historically speaking, the media even has portrayed women as men would like them. Think about the original Avengers movie poster and the pose of Black Widow as compared to the male team members. I don't know if you remember this, but like all the male superheroes were face on, but the Black Widow character was like with her butt sticking out to the front of the poster. And there's definitely been recreations of this where people have made her face on and turned everyone else's butts out to the audience. Like, imagine if male superheroes presented their butts to everyone. If Captain America did, I'd be into it. I mean... It's America's ass. I don't know. I'm more into the new Captain America. (laughs) Wait, what's the new Captain America? Have you not watched... Oh, Anthony Mackie? Yes. Yes. You know, but like, how men want to view women has been the basis for how women are often shown, how they're portrayed. Which is fucked wild. up. Yeah, and also what, like, if we go to, like, capitalism again, like, are men spending... The, I guess men are spending more money on these things, like action movies. I don't, I don't know. When it comes to, like, MCU anyway, I think mm. it's pretty even at this Maybe. point. Maybe. And I've spent quite a few dollars yeah. multiple times Going on MCU I want to see Shang-Chi soon. But honestly, like, when it comes to the idea of women being portrayed how men want them. Women have bought into this idea, Mm. whether intentionally or not, right? I mean, the fashion industry realized this years ago, and they've used it to make profits. They sold a lie. 
a lie that women bought and continue to buy both literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. So what is the lie? That a woman is only considered beautiful if she looks a certain way. Mm. And if she looks this way, there will be fashion for her. This is a lie constructed to make a profit that has now become so internalized by women that we beat ourselves up if we don't fit those sizes and shapes. And it's what, you know, boosts the exercise and diet industries as well. Oh, absolutely. Because the whole diet industry is is based on the concept that you, you hate yourself and you need to change. Right. And you need to do it as quickly as possible. I mean, we have taken some steps towards changing or dismantling this with body positivity campaigns. Mm -hmm. But the internalized idea of this quote-unquote perfect size still exists. And it can be seen on the racks in the stores. All right. So what do we take away from this? I think my takeaway is that you should just really wear whatever the fuck you want. Because someone's going to have a problem with it. If you dress up or down, someone will be shaking their head at you. So just be comfortable. I'm certainly not going to disagree with that. You know, fashion comes and goes. What's in fashion, what's out of fashion, what's mm-hmm. in style. It doesn't matter what's in fashion. It matters what you like. Exactly. And like you said, it matters what you feel comfortable in. And not listening to such and such person of X generation or as opposed to generation X, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, Pay attention to your body, what fits your body, what makes your body feel comfortable, what mm-hmm. makes you feel good about yourself for your sake. Yeah. I have a really good quote that was said to us in person. We did a, a book signing for uh, Tim Gunn. It's a fashion person. Right. At Barnes & Noble when we used to work there. And he said, trend is for some, but fashion is for everyone. So you can have your whole individual personal style and that could be your fashion the trendy stuff might not look good on you, but you have your own style. Yeah. if it, I love that, but it does come down to what's available for me to purchase. True. So I think yeah. there, there's two sides to that. Anyway, before we wrap up, we just wanted to share a couple of resources with you. We'll put some more in the show notes so you can click on those as well. But there are a few more that we thought would be worth noting. There's a book out there called Nevertheless, She Wore It obviously based on the Nevertheless She Persisted, mm-hmm. by Anne Shen. And it talks about different articles of clothing or accessories that women have adapted over the years and sort of claimed as their own and sort of made their fashion for their sake and not for that of men's to the extent that they can. Um, there's another one called The Pocket, A Hidden History of Women's Lives, 1660 to 1900 by Barbara Berman. That book is just all about pockets. I- and I'm... I want to read the rest of it. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. (laughs) And there's an article that we also gathered information from that we used in this episode called Suddenly It's Bear Season, B-A-R-E. And that's by Guy Trevay, and it was written for the New York Times. So you can check all of those out and more in our show notes below. So what do you think? Share your thoughts with us. Was there a particular topic we covered today that you want us to cover in more detail? Let us know. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Big Rep Pod and on Instagram at Big Reputations Pod. Be sure to send us a message or email us at BigReputationsPod at gmail.com. We'd love to include your thoughts in a future episode or cover a topic that you're interested in. You know, let us know and we will definitely take these ideas into consideration. Subscribe to us on Stitcher, 
Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Share us with your friends and your family and your enemies. Subscribe <laughs> and leave us a five-star review. I love that with your enemies. There's <laughs> one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to, uh, Black and Highly Dangerous. Mm -hmm. They always say that at the end. Oh, like, yeah. Share us with your friends. <laughs> share us with your enemies. <laughs> and remember to be the oppressor's worst fear. Oh, my God. I, I love that. I, <laughs> I, I love that podcast. Definitely, y'all should give it a listen. Anyway, let's wrap it up. Kim, what quote do you have for us today? So there's this girl on TikTok who puts on like a very sexy outfit and just yells at the screen and says, <laughs> just put it on, wear it, you'll be fine. Just put it on. So any outfit you've been thinking about where you're like, this might be too short, this might be too tight, put it on. And remember, believe women. <laughs> <laughs>